Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Sunday morning service with our good friend and guest, Pastor Kelly Lorkey of the Cure Church in Kansas City, in a message he's entitled, The Misfits. Enjoy this message. Wow. That, that, is, that is the first time I've stood on this pulpit and... I heard the words, a big reach welcome. Come on. God's doing something fresh and new. Uh, You may be seated. I'm lefty. (laughs) And I'll just trip over that. Um, What a great conference. What a great time. And uh, Lord bless you. Uh, I am excited to be here. But talk about conference hangovers. I literally went to three conferences back to back with one day off in the middle. Yeah. And I'm I'm ready because the Lord created sugar-free Red Bull. So, I don't know if that's like Holy Ghost or it sounds like a little like the Undertaker coming in. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I am getting blessed and honored and just so rejoicing with you about this new chapter in this ministry and uh, what a blessing. So I'm uh, just going to share with you something on my heart. This is kind of birthed out of um, 2021 when it came coming out of the pandemic. And now we're going back into the pandemic, I guess. Um, A lot happened in 2020. And one thing that happened, a lot of things got exposed. Uh, More uncertainty of government, more uncertainty of our social structure. Uh, What is truth? It's like everyone was lying. And uh, there's the other thing that no one really likes to talk about. Uh, a lot of churches closed for good. I mean, the record amount of churches closed in a year in U.S. history. It never reopened. It's interesting. And uh, then all of a sudden we had to deal with, do we believe what we believe? Do we believe God is a healer? And then there was these other things about, well, uh, Christianity seemed to be, the thumb got put on Christian values. Other agendas got pushed. And all of a sudden the church said maybe for the last 20 some years has kind of been, and we believe this, but we don't want to rock the boat. I mean, we believe this, but we don't want controversy. And then all of a sudden, 
now we're like, okay. And I believe it's the Lord, because he's coming back with a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And he's coming back for a real church. And all of a sudden now, well, here's what happened. Christianity's getting pushed on, poked at. And what you believe is a real Christian. Now, if you're a guest here, bear with me. I don't want to scare you away from Christianity. But the Lord really put on my heart in the beginning of this year, I better get people ready to be hated. This wanting to be accepted by the world, Christianity, ain't going to fly. It's not even scriptural. And so, we don't get me wrong, relevance is important. Don't go home. Dude, you're a good dude. Are you leaving? Okay. <laughs> You're leaving. Look, he's going out the door. Don't leave. Uh, uh, forgive me, bro. Uh, you can sit here. I'm flying. We, we make Christianity, we want to be so relevant and, and so socially accepted. Now, I'm not out to be mean or intolerant. But we, we kind of forget some of the stuff that Jesus said. And, um, well, let me read you this scripture in 1 Corinthians 4.9. This is Apostle Paul, what Christianity was treat, uh, how it was being how he was being treated as a Christian. First Corinthians four nine. It seems to me that God has put. It seems to me that God has put us to bear His message on a stage in a theater which no one wants to buy a ticket. Where so, where something where where something everyone stands around and stares at, like an accident in the street. We're the Messiah's misfits. You might be sure of yourselves, but we live in the midst of frailties, uncertainties. You might be well thought of by others, but we're mostly kicked around. And much of the time, we don't even have enough to eat. We wear patched and uh, threadbare clothes. We get doors slammed in our faces. We pick up odd jobs anywhere we can to eke out a living. When they call us names, we say, God bless you. When they spread rumors about us, we put a good word in for them. We are treated like garbage, potato peelings from the culture's kitchen. And it's not getting any better. Lord, help us today. I ask for mercy and grace and anointing of the Holy Spirit to share what you put on my heart and anoint the ears and the hearts of your people today to receive this. In Jesus' name, amen. I ministered this message at my conference, which has been burning on my heart, uh, and it's, the title of this is Misfits. And I, I, I know there's all kinds of thoughts that come through, 
when you hear that word, it's usually thought of as something as a negative, but let me share with you the meaning of this. And a misfit doesn't really fit in. They don't fit into society. And two definitions or a couple definitions are this, something that's a wrong size or wrong shape for its purpose. Another one is one who was unable to adjust to one's environment or circumstances is considered uh, disruptively different from others or a person whose behavior or attitude sets them apart from others in an uncomfortable and conspicuous way. The truth is we are light in darkness. We are, you make people feel uncomfortable not because you go to church. You make people feel uncomfortable because you believe what's preached in church. People are not uncomfortable because you tell them about your church. People get uncomfortable when you live what Jesus said. A real Christian doesn't try to disturb people, but when you get really born again and saved and you go to your job, you kind of lose some friends. And they kind of look at you a different way. It's not that you're better than them. You're saved by God's mercy and grace. But a misfit just doesn't fit into this world. He, he, he doesn't because you're not of this world. You're just, you're of this world, but you're not, you're, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. God pulled you out. You're meant to be different. And, and when you get around people, like they get uncomfortable around you. Because you're always talking about Jesus and you're not laughing at their jokes and you're, you're not doing the things that they do no more. That may be your old friends. They, if you get really saved, you notice they don't want to hang out with you like they used to because you just don't connect with them. Some of your family came from different religions, you know, like the one you did earlier, up, down, up, down. Anyway, and, And then all of a sudden now you get uncomfortable because your relationship with God exposes shallow religion. You make people uncomfortable. Even lukewarm people can't stand being around you because when compromise comes, you're saying we're serving God. Jesus, uh, uh, Romans chapter uh, uh, 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior or the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Jesus said in John 15, 19, if you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love you and welcome you as their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of the world you won't align yourself that is a choice I am not here to align with the world I'm here to align with the kingdom of God and he says they will hate you wow what a great mission statement come to my church and everyone's going to hate you Jesus said follow me and get a bunch of haters 
I have chosen you. I have taken you out of the world to be my own. What it is to be a real Christian, it literally means you just can't fit in no more. You try, but you fail. In other words, we try to adapt, but we can't because something's inside of us that's so great, so powerful, so liberating. It's Jesus Christ who set us free. And all of a sudden you realize... You love your family that's not saved, but you just don't fit in. It, it doesn't mean forsake them. It doesn't mean get away, but you go to your job and uh, our school. You just don't fit in. Uh, but here's the thing. You're supposed to bring those that you don't fit in with into the kingdom of God. And the reality is misfits, they're, they're like troublemakers. We, we, we walk into a place and... All of a sudden, people get uncomfortable. Like when I golf, I don't tell people right away when I'm golfing with unbelievers. I don't tell them I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. I wait till like about five holes in. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I do it like this. So what do you do? Oh man, I'm in the sales. Really? What do you do? I'm a pastor. Whoa. And the next thing you know, they can't golf no more because they've been cussing, drinking, and their, their game's thrown off. It's a little strategy I have. <laughs> but why would it be so uncomfortable for us not to fit in? Because some of you were misfits before you got saved. The Bible says this is the heart of Jesus to reach those that nobody else wanted. In Luke 14, 12, he said, then he turned to the host. Next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors. The kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks on the other side of the 710 freeway. That's where I'm from. <laughs> you will be <laughs> an experienced blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor oh, will, will be returned. Uh, returned Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. Listen to verse 21. The servant went back to told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant quickly. Get out into the city streets, the alleys, collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits, the homeless, the wretched. You can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. The master said, go into the country roads. Whoever you can find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those who originally were invited is going to get such a bite at my dinner party. I feel like at home, no sound. A cop car drove by a punk show, it was no big deal. And if one or two drove by, it was nothing. But when six pull up and park, it would always turn into a riot. If there was a small incident, they'd, they'd come on strong and they'd look to take control with, you know, 30 or 40 squad cars and a helicopter. Hundreds of angry punk rockers rioted in Huntington, California Saturday. The rioters were angered at the overbooking of a suburban Los Angeles concert hall designed to accommodate 450 people. As many as 200 people were turned away from the hall. The punk rock bands were on an
long rampage. The rioters are reported to have done $25,000 damage to businesses and a church before officers managed to quell the disturbance. 41 people, most of them juveniles, were arrested and 10 law officers were hurt. You ain't getting it. Where's that other picture? Put it up there. If I can do that, and they cut my head off. I mean, I'm not Goliath. What are you doing back there? If I, yeah, thank you. Oh, all right. Now I've got to fight the salmon in the parking lot. Steel toe boots, crazy hair. If I can do that for the devil, why in the world can I not be a misfit for Jesus? If you can get all crazy, some of you old-time vatos and your name was homicide, you know, and now you're homogenized. I mean, and some of you sisters, you were all bad. Now you're all pretty and fine, but you were, you were juicy Lucy in the world. I'm being honest. You were crazy. You were tough. And, and now, I mean, you, you, you drink coffee like with a pinky up what the heck what in the world happened to you what in the world God loves your testimony you don't he knew how crazy you were and he saved you from a misfit to be a misfit for him he never intended you just to come to church, get sober, get your marriage all perfect, get a little pretty job, and never mess with society. He wants you to wreck this world for Jesus. You didn't, you know, when I looked like that back in the, back in the 80s, when I looked like that as a crazy, you're going to take it down, bro. <laughs> when I look like, thank you though, when I looked like that before, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't fit in. And I, it was weird. I didn't care. I would go to the mall and old ladies would run away from me. People, I mean, literally, we had blue hair, boots. We would cause problems. We would literally be disruptors. We would be menaced to society. And then all of a sudden, God saves me like that. I understood. I feel very comfortable being uncomfortable. So I, I, I wasn't embarrassed for some of the stuff. What did you do before you were a Christian? What, how did you act at a party? How did you act when you went around? I'm being serious. I don't care if it was at a sports game. You painted yourself up. Raider Nation! I'm all for it. Raider Nation! What about the kingdom? You're out there tailgating, acting crazy, but we can't even get you on an outreach. It's just amazing. You are called to be, a, oh, I'm tired, Pastor, you don't understand. Tired, you didn't sleep for days and still went to work. You stayed up all night, Wednesday night, man, man. Uh, man, that guy don't get done, I'm out of here, man. It's just, it's bizarre. And what's happened today, we, we, we've lost. When I say we, I'm not referring to you, Alesta Shufitz, but we've lost this tenacity of Christianity. I think Christianity is supposed to be a little more rougher than what we made it. It's supposed to be a little more antagonistic than what we're supposed to. And I'm going to prove my point today. See, here, here, the Bible's full of misfits. The good news this morning 
if you are a Christian and you're a, maybe a new Christian and you're going through this process, how you don't fit into where you came from, that's okay. You've been called to be a misfit. You actually are in good company because the Bible is full of people like this. Now, here's what I've observed over the last 20 some years in Christianity in America in an age of marketing and professionalism and how we want to make our churches so modern and, 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 and clean and, and, and relevant. I'm all about relevance, but relevance without compromise. And sometimes we get so concerned about how relevant we are, it starts dictating how we present Jesus. We, 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 we start dictating how we present to Jesus how he is or what he expects from us. We turn God and we've turned into a culture of what God can do for us instead of what God can do through us. Okay, you're meant to lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. You're meant to go preach the kingdom of God. And today's church is far from that because we are salting the salt and not salting the earth. My Lord, have you been watching what's going on on TV? Have you been watching and seeing the chaos in our streets, the, 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 the craziness that's taking place, the laws and everything that's happening in our society today with our children? And if you're not careful, we can just spend all day yelling at the TV instead of getting out there and being a light in the world and making a difference. I don't care what anyone says. I know the Bible says in the last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in the Greek it means hard to bear times. So perilous times will come. Difficult times will come. It's not going to get any better in the world. But the reality is you are responsible. The church of Jesus Christ is responsible for society. It is our fault for not sharing the gospel. It is our fault that people are shooting up each other and killing each other and living on the street. It, it, we can and complain about the homeless but if you get them saved they might get touched and get their job and get them married and have their life changed I mean I, I literally got saved living in a garage my life was over it was told somebody made a difference in my life it was Jesus that changed me what's happened is we're so far from the heart of God most Christians we're not even looking we're looking for a church for us. How, how, how's this church for my family? What, what is the actual temperature of their cappuccinos? You know, we're shopping. How's this gonna help my family? What do they have for, do they have a slide for our kids? I mean, I'm just saying, because I'm jealous. I wish I had a slide in my church. <laughs> But what happens, we've kind of lost our purpose. You have two purposes, Jesus said, to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Second one, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Really, everything falls around those two things. But what's happened is we have lost our heart for the lost. We don't realize how bad it is in this great awakening in 2020 when we see riots of social injustice in the streets, when we see chaos going on and people getting angry and people out there protesting and people upset about this and people upset about that. There was like something like 230 protests, government protests around the world in the last three years. 
Think about that. People dying for some cause. And my question is, where's the church? Where is the church? God did what God did. He made this drastic step to send his son Jesus to cure sin in the world. There's a tendency if we don't get out and share, we actually become kind of religious. I mean, Christianity, we lose the heart of God when it's kept inside. We, we become about a bunch of our rules. We lost the vision and, and Christianity becomes this self-indulgent bless me club. And those who don't fit in, I mean, we say we love them, but if they don't fit, we, we just really don't make way for them. We, we kind of forget what we looked like when we came. Where's that, where's that, where's that usher that was here, Augie? Where's he at? What's up, bro? How long you been saved? Three years? I, I, I told Pastor Isaac, look at that usher right there. He, 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 he's, he doesn't receive the offering. He takes the offering. <laughs> Some churches wouldn't use someone like that. Just by the way he looks. And unfortunately, Christians, we become very intolerant of lifestyles that are very different than ours. Homosexuality, people that are bound by stuff in the world. And we, we, we say we love them. You know, and don't get me wrong. Don't confuse me and say, are you saying things are okay? No. Everyone needs to repent and change. Okay, Everyone needs to change. But what happens is we become very intolerant. I was at a restaurant at our uh, pastor's meeting. And we, we, had our, we had our pastor's dinner before our conference. And we were at this restaurant. And uh, 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 I started witnessing to the, one of the waiters. And he starts telling me how the church is judgmental and so forth. And I, I, I just said it. I said, so you don't come to church because you're gay. And he goes, I can't believe you said that. And I go, are you? And he goes, well, yeah. And I go, dude, come to my church. God can touch you. He can change you. But the, most Christians do this. We sit at the table and go, hey, that guy's gay. We don't tell them about Jesus. We don't offer prayer. Why well, am I just saying something to make you feel uncomfortable? Did you not hear the title of the message? I'm a misfit. I'm here to make you feel uncomfortable. You want to feel comfortable, you can go to the spa afterwards. They forgot, we forgot the example of Jesus who helped the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. The woman at the well who pastor preached a phenomenal message about, you know, who had six wives, six husbands, right? The seventh one was Jesus. Glory to God. Even Matthew, the tax collector, my Lord, get your Get the IRS saved. Get them off our backs. Amen. Sinners are to be loved. They're to be reached out to with a heavy heart. They're on, they're on their way to hell. Do you remember that? I mean, this is the reality. We forget if you're not saved, you're going to hell. If you're not born again, you're going to hell. And here we are, the church. We're trying to rub elbows with the world. 
We're trying to be cool like the world. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into the styles of clothing and what does that mean? Can you watch TV, not TV? That's, I'm not into all that legalistic rule stuff. I'm talking about your heart of reaching people all the way. We're to love them all the way, hating sin. As a matter of fact, Christianity kept inside becomes spiritual pride. It comes this set of personal religion, these rules of morality. But like water, if it's dammed up, it becomes musky. It becomes ugly. And, and next thing you know, the mosquitoes come because spiritual water is meant to flow. Here, here's, listen to this. This is how Jesus was. Matthew 9, 10. Later, Matthew invited Jesus, the tax collector, his and his disciples home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other uh, disruptible sinners. Uh, uh, listen to this. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a, a, a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. For I have come to call those who think that I've not. I'm sorry. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I mean, here's the deal. I've came to show mercy, not sacrifice. And that comes from the whole scripture. Offering sacrifice meant religious duties and prayer and so forth. And sometimes we'll talk about, man, I pray, I read my Bible, but you don't even like people. How are you a Christian and you don't like people? How are you a Christian and you don't like people that are different than you? You know, those people, those white people. Yeah, it ain't cool to be white right now. Oh, too soon? But that's what everyone's doing, trying to tribe everybody up, trying to divide everybody up, trying to class everybody up, and, and trying to do all this. And, and like all of a sudden, even in Christianity, we, 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 you become, you don't even realize it, the world's trying to divide us and make everyone hate everyone and be prejudiced and so forth. And then they say, what about my culture? I, I don't want to forsake my culture. I'm sorry, I thought you got saved and, and you're part of the kingdom culture. Well, what about my people? Well, I, when you got saved, I thought I was your brother and you were my sister. What, what do you mean? we're different when we get saved you become my brother I don't care what you look like why do you eat with such scum how many scumbags have you ate with lately how many people have you been in a restaurant and you've seen hurting and you just say hey why don't you come sit with us I had this guy in my church, and I mean, he's a black guy, but I think he thinks he's Morpheus. I go, what's your age? Age is but a construct. He literally said that to me. And he wears a long, I mean, he, he dresses like Matrix dudes. And we were at a restaurant, and he's a trippy dude. 
And we're at a restaurant and he's sitting on the other side. Me and my wife, I go, dude, come over here and sit with us. And he's just blown away that we would sit with him. I go, why would you not think that? Come sit with me. Come hang out with me. Let me buy you food. Oh, I forgot, this is LA. You always want someone else to buy you food. I, I'm from here. I know what's up. Who's paying? I know I'm in LA because every time I'm in LA, uh, let's divide that bill. And like, it's like 10 minutes. You're like, just pay for everyone, man. It's a, it's a way to get free lunch too. <laughs> but, but we believe this, right? Unless a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of God, right? Right? Doesn't say if you go to church and pay your tithes. Doesn't say if you're a pastor or a Bible study leader or an usher. What's up, Aki? And but and you believe that, right? And we believe Jesus is coming back, and we're living in the time of Bible prophecy being fulfilled, right? Talk to me. Well, how much has that theology affected your lifestyle? Because what you say you believe is not what you believe, but what you believe is how you live your life. So if you believe that, what's your prayer life like? What do you actually pray for? How much do you plead for the lost to get saved? You're unsaved. I'm all my family gets saved. Have you fasted for them? I mean, how much you know, has your theology affected you wanting to go on outreaches or witness to people? I mean, I, I mean, I think of this all the time. I was with Isaac at Starbucks, just, I think two days ago, or, or it might have been yesterday. It was two days ago, and I'd see a cop in there, and I know they've been having a hard time. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm over there, and I'm, hey, bro, how's it going here? I know you guys are having a rough, and I'm like, dude, Jesus loves you. And he goes, man, would you start talking to the guy? And next thing you know, I go, dude, I'm proud of you. Thank you for serving. If anyone protests you, they should not be able to call 911. But, but Christians, they act like they, some Christians act like they want cops to actually go to hell. The way you talk about people. I mean, that, isn't that bizarre how Christians are so angry at people? They say they believe in all this, but I just have a problem with Christians who talk about people so ugly that it sounds like they'll be mad if they go to heaven. And next thing you know, I'm laying hands on this guy and he Instagrammed me. And next thing you know, he says he's coming to Kansas City. So I don't care. <laughs> but, but what you say you believe, if you believe this, uh, how, do you actually give your real tithe? Move on, preacher. <laughs> Did you actually finish that pledge? Do, do you give an offering? They should give me an offering on that clock back there. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, to reach the lost. If we believe this stuff, you know, uh, what about backing church planting or answering the call of God? If it's really that bad, why don't you do something? Your involvement in God's house. You know, the house where your family got touched and your kids are being grown up in a Christian environment. It, 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 be a misfit. I know you, we could easily point to all the people who are not doing and not sacrificing. But a misfit doesn't follow the crowd. He follows the cloud of the Lord. He's led by God's spirit. 
theology isn't enough. We must be moved by the heart of our Lord and Savior and let that affect our lifestyle. You know, Jesus went to eat at this tax collector's house. Why? Because Jesus loved people. He loved people. The kingdom of God is about people. It's not about how cool we are, how awesome we are. Look at me. I want to be cool. I want our church to be awesome. I want it to be, you know, out there. And you guys are awesome. You guys are killing it on the stuff you do. This is a great ministry. Come on, someone. Thank God. But, but the reality is we, we hopefully do all that we do to see people become born again. Like Matthew. I mean, what a joy it must have been for Jesus to see him turn from darkness to light and become a new creation. His heart changed. It changed so much. He said, I'll pay back three times whatever I've ripped people off from. And it must have joy it should have been for Jesus. Listen, while he's on earth to see Peter, this cussing fisherman that kept messing up, that still carried a knife. Some of you have a knife on you right now. And he watched him become a great man of God. James and John turned from the sons of thunder to the great preachers. Lazarus, uh, all that he's seen comes from the resurrection. Mary Magdalene, this woman of this promiscuous lifestyle, transformed to a woman of God. Nothing is greater than that. The seeing misfits of the world become misfits for God. There is nothing like the joy of seeing someone's life changed. Like seeing this young man, John, right? Become an evangelist. Watch some of these young people. As I stood on the stage Friday night and seeing Eddie and Mondo and Mike and these people up there, like, oh my gosh, I remember these guys. I remember when Mondo was a new convert. I remember Mondo when he, when he was a little kid in my neighborhood. I was friends with his uh, uncle. And, uh, but to watch his life and what's happened and, and, and it's just a miracle. How could you not be excited about that? Listen to me. And you, your life is changed. Jesus loves it. We love it. We're not here to reach other church folks. We want to reach the lost. We want to reach. Why? Because we believe this. Now, here's the thing. We need some misfits today. This is the whole attitude of Christianity. This is the total opposite of Christianity. But I'm here to prophesy and tell you the next chapter of Christianity in the world is not going to be this kumbaya soft Christianity. It's going to be in your face. It's getting too desperate. We can't sit back and watch this world go this way. Jesus has us alive as Christians to be responsible for this generation of sinners. No one else does it. Jesus doesn't come down and save people. He uses people. You're his hands. You're his feet. Okay. Acts 17, three, Paul challenged them by explaining the truth and proving to them the reality of the gospel that the Messiah must suffer and die. Then rise again from among the dead. He made it clear to them saying, I've come to announce to you that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah. Stop right there. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about Jesus. He's not talking about his church. He's not talking about the cool things there. He's talking Jesus died and rose again 
He's talking about repentance of sin. He's sharing the gospel. Let me show you what happens next. Some of the Jews were converted uh, that their, uh, I'm sorry, were convinced that their message was true. So they joined Paul and Silas along with quite a few prominent women and a large number of Greeks who worship God. But many of the Jews were motivated by bitter jealousy and formed a large mob out of the troublemakers and unsavory characters and street gangs to incite a riot. Well, we've seen a lot of riots lately, haven't we? They set out to attack Jason's house for he had welcomed the apostles into his home. The mob was after Paul and Silas and sought to take them by force and bring them out to the people. When they couldn't find them, they took Jason instead along with some of his brothers in his house, church, and dragged them before the city council. Along the way, they screamed out, those troublemakers have turned the world upside down and they've come here to our city. Now Jason and these men have welcomed the guests. They're, tra- uh, the, they're traitors to Caesar, teaching that there is another king named Jesus. Their angry shouts stirred up the crowds and troubled the city and all of its officials. What do we have here? J- this guy Jason opens the home. And all of a sudden, because he welcomed Christianity, he pays the price. In other words, I said it the other night, Paul and Silas' enemies became their enemies. And all of a sudden now, this guy is faced. The Bible says they turned the world upside down. They're called troublemakers. Have you troubled anyone lately? Have you been a troublemaker at your job? I'm not talking about sleeping in the bathroom and they can't find you or coming late to work or always complaining that they ask you to do something that's not your job description but I thought you prayed and you get paid the work you're a Christian but have you been a troublemaker for the king of kings and the lord of lords they turned their world upside down they weren't this passive Christianity what we, is this like the Oscars? I'm, I'm, the music's playing and I'm getting pushed off. No, I'm just kidding. We need some misfits today. Some troublemakers. To shake up this world. You know what's at stake? Your family. You know what's at stake? You may not even understand this. If you go to the AM, PM, And that person pumping gas on the other side, I mean, don't you think God put them there for you or you just think that was an accident? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. It's a divine appointment. Why don't you, how do I know? Well, you will never know if you don't open up your mouth and be a troublemaker. We need people where there was darkness to be light. Where there was hatred, they brought love. Where there was sadness, they brought laughter. Where there was bondage, they brought liberation. Where there's death, they spoke life. We're living in an odd time where evil is good and good is evil. Christianity is the most nicest, forgiving, loving faith there is. It's a mercy and grace, but the world hates it. And Jesus told us, as I read to you, they're going to hate you. 
my question is God wants you to be a world changer today we just had this amazing amazing conference and you would say the celebration's over but now the task is at hand you know when I'm reading this do you know what was going on in this world of Christianity when we read all this stuff it was such a horrible world of immorality slavery was the accepted system homosexuality ran rampant matter of fact even Nero had a 12 year old sex slave male he was always fondling when he was in public it was accepted this was the rule of the day the perversion all forms of perversion in that time and human in the human world then Christianity came on the scene and shook it up well here we are friend history is repeating itself and Christianity today is meant to be some misfits the Bible says in Acts 4 13 the Bible says the officials were amazed how to see how to, how to see how brave Peter and John were these two apostles were only ordinary men and were not well educated the officials were certain that these men had been with Jesus the Bible I'm gonna jump down to um, uh, verse 17 uh, they uh, I'm sorry verse 16 for what can we do with these men everyone in Jerusalem has uh, seen this miracle and we cannot say uh, it didn't happen but to keep but to keep this thing from spreading we will warn them never again to speak to anyone about the name of Jesus so they called the two apostles back and told them that they must never for any reason teach anything about the name of Jesus Peter and John answered do you think God wants us to obey you or to obey him we cannot keep quiet about what we've seen and heard my, my challenge to us this morning you don't like what's happening in the world be a misfit you can actually make a difference today if you're here and you're not a Christian you're not saved you're not born again I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you you might be watching the broadcast he wants to change your life with every head up every eye open I, 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 you may do all the calls a certain way but today we're going to do it a little different I'm going to make it real serious I'm not asking you if you've been baptized or said a sinner's prayer because if you've been baptized and said a sinner's prayer and your life didn't change you just said words and got wet when Jesus comes in your life he changes you from this and the real question is not about church not about how bad you've messed up if you died right now would you go to heaven sobering question not I hope so I think so don't, don't sit out there and say well I don't know if I'm ready you are not ready to go to hell you don't have to do nothing just accept him he'll work on you and if that's you say Pastor Kelly I need to give my life to Jesus I just today I need to rededicate my life I want to pray with you just lift up your hand 
Anybody else? God bless you so much. Over there, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. Lift it up. Lift it up. In the back. Is there anyone in the back? Away. Oh, hey, yeah. Praise the Lord. You're the guest, huh? First time? How'd I do? What's your name? Rosie. She, got, she didn't save. You raised your hand. You raised your hand. Okay, listen to me. If you raised your hand, Christianity is not private. It's not a private decision. It's personal, but Christianity is not private. In other words, you can't sit and say, I do it in my chair. No, no, no. He said, you openly confess me before people and I'll confess you before my heavenly father if you're ashamed of me before people I'll be ashamed of you so before I ask you this what crazy stuff did you do in the world that you didn't care for a moment to be a little embarrassed Jesus loves you you raised your hand or maybe you didn't but you know you need to I want you to come stand at this altar with me right now come come in the back God bless you so much what a blessing amen all the way in the back man there you are like man why did I sit in the back that's a long walk amen come up here can I church stand your feet stand your feet Listen, I'm obviously pressed for time. I'm going to pray with these folks, but you're there right now. My challenge is to you. Quit trying to fit in this world. It's okay. You need to have a talk with God where you're at. And I mean this sincerely. It's not going to get easier on your Christianity. Mike, Mike, I'm glad you came. Your music is phenomenal. I listen to some of your stuff, but let me tell you, Mike, don't ever, you're, you're not doing it, but don't ever water it down. We need some in your face to reach your generation. I, I, I'm, I'm a man. I love that people say, you know, someone's told me, Pastor, you're one of my favorite preachers. You, you know what? I, but you know what it is? This... I just preach the truth. If you just preach, I'm not the best articulator. I'm not the most educated, fancy. I'm not up here. But if people respect the truth, they may not like it, but they respect the truth. Whether you're at a Bible study, at your job, with your family, rapping, singing, tell the truth. Truth sets people free. In a world full of false information, we need some truth. Okay, I want you, at those, don't leave, you while I pray with these, I need you to talk about your misfit. I need you to talk about, God, I've been a misfit on the wrong side. I've been a little rebel in the church. I need to be a rebel to the world. I don't need to fit in this world. I'm going to go get my friends saved, even if they get mad at me. I'm going to, I'm going to go to work this week, and I'm going to be a little different. I'm not going to be hiding. I'm not an undercover brother. I'm going to let my light shine. 
Now you talk to God. All of you at this altar, look at me. All, you're giving your life or rededicating life. Three things are going to happen. Three things. Number one, Jesus is going to come inside of you, Rosie. He's going to come inside of you. It's so real. It's so real. It'll turn you into that guy that you've seen there. Well, you won't turn into me. <laughs> You'll be a different person. I can't explain it. I can talk about it. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. I used to sell LSD and I'd say, trip on this. The way to get this, when you say Jesus come in, he really comes inside of you. It's spiritual. I can't explain it, but you'll know. Your life will change. Second thing that's going to happen is he's going to forgive you of all your sins. So while you're standing here, think about for a moment, what's the worst sin you've ever committed? That you think. Don't say it. I don't want to hear it. Look at me. What's the worst sin? Scary to think about it. Well, whatever you're thinking about, God's going to forgive you of that sin and everything else. That's the forgiveness of sin. Those things that scare us, he forgives. And then the third thing is, he writes your name in the book of life. And when you die, you get to go to heaven. And nobody can take that from you. But when you, I'm going to be honest, but when you leave, you have to serve God. You, you can't just do this and go back. What are you going to say to your friends? What are you going to say? Some of you go to church here, okay, and you feel the need to rededicate your life. You need to be humble and honest. And if you've not been living for God at your job or with friends or family, tell them. They're going, well, I thought you went to church. Yeah, but I wasn't really living for God. Why don't you get on your social media instead of posting or sharing stupid stuff? Get on your social media right after church. I, I rededicated my life. I gave my life to Jesus. See who clicks like or unfriends you. You ready for this, Rosie? Okay, clo everyone close your eyes. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me with your blood. I surrender my whole life to you. I receive you now as my Lord and as my Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. But Lord, I can't do it on my own. So fill me now with the Holy Spirit that I can be what you want me to be and do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, I'm yours. Come on, somebody praise him. Lord, touch them right now. Touch them right now. Touch them right now. Look at me, bro. Look at me. You can do this. You can be a real man of God. You can do this. Yes, Lord, touch them right now. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Touch them, Father, in Jesus' name. Rosie, look behind you. Look on the other side of you. This is what you need. These are who you need. It, it's weird because our old friends, we love them, we care about them. But I don't love them enough to lose my salvation. You, you care about your old friends? You don't care about them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you want them to go to heaven? Then serve God. They'll follow you. Come on. God bless you.
Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.